Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode seven of the Let's Talk Surgery podcast for the Royal College of Surgeons of Edinburgh. I am your host, and maybe today your guest, Gregory Akata. And as always, I've got my friend with me, Ceci. Ceci, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you, Greg? I <laughs> was going to say I'm excited, but I'm, I'm not that excited because I've somehow gone from the host chair to the guest chair. How did that happen? Well, I, I don't know. Um, I think actually that um, this is an excellent opportunity to talk about your favorite topic, which is yourself. So <laughs> I'm sure that the listeners would be very excited to learn a little bit more about you and I personally will be excited to see how long you can talk without me interrupting. So <laughs> I am really excited about that. So um, I guess we'll jump into it. Um, we've had an excellent past few weeks just getting to know some really amazing people. And I think this is a great opportunity for people to know you as a person because um, as some of our listeners may know I am currently doing the Scottish Clinical Leadership Fellowship with the college and you were my immediate predecessor weren't you? Yes I was uh, so I spent 12 months between August 2019 and August 2020 as uh, the Royal College of Surgeons of Edinburgh uh, Leadership Fellow in part and also splitting my time with the Scottish Government. And you're still doing some work with the college, well, like this podcast and with the government, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment and one of those types that can't sit on my bottom. So I find the need to do lots of different things. So here I am doing this as well. Uh, That's absolutely amazing. And making some of us registrars feel like total underachievers. You've also recently done your FRCS. You're a senior trainee in colorectal surgery about to complete. You do the rotor. Keen sports fan. How do you find time to do all of this? Well, I can't profess to be the best at work-life balance, but I just find a way to prioritize. I think there are certain things that I'm passionate about and I make time for those and I ensure that um, whatever I do, I, I try to do it to the best of my ability. And if I don't have capacity to do it, then I don't sign up to it. And when I get time, I try to exercise. And when I get time out with the lockdown, I get to socialize with some friends. So I, I find a way to juggle everything, but can't say I'm perfect. You can't say you're perfect, but everyone knows you think you're perfect. So that is correct. <laughs> slip that in there. Okay. So since you're in the hot seat, why don't we um, dive in? I'll use one of your questions. So who is Greg Ekate? Good question. I am Gregory Ekate. I am a colorectal registrar in Southeast Scotland, currently applying my trade in NHS Fife, but about to move back to the mothership, the Western General Hospital in Edinburgh. I am Nigerian. I was born Nigerian and uh, moved across just after high school to start my A-levels, where I spent a couple of years in London and found that it was too big, too impersonal, and 
uh, too busy for a boy like me. So I looked on the map and I thought, how far north can I go without going to Aberdeen? And I stumbled upon a little city called Dundee, where I went to medical school and had a fantastic six years of my life, making lots of good friends, learning medicine in the process, and eventually graduating as a doctor. I also spent some time doing a pharmacology uh, BSc. Uh, which is great because once upon a time I wanted to be an oncologist, particularly with a focus in breast cancer research. But then I graduated I, uh, from med school. I went to Glasgow where I did my foundation years. My first job in Glasgow was, was a medical job and I can't say I enjoyed it. And I couldn't see myself being a medical registrar in a few years time or hell being a a medical consultant. And so I thought maybe I have the personality for surgery. So I did a surgical job. I absolutely loved it. Did my MRCS. Uh, the rest is history. Amazing. Um, I think in that statement, um, you have managed to both impress and maybe slightly enrage some people, i.e. our listeners in London and in <laughs> Aberdeen and also probably all the medics in uh, Scotland. No. Well, I'll rewind and try to unoffend people. So the, the thing about London is London's a great place, but I'm easily distracted. And I think, you know, the bright lights of London would just wouldn't help me focus on anything at all. Aberdeen, obviously being Nigerian, I am slightly allergic to the cold. And when I did go to Aberdeen once upon a time, I think it was in March and it snowed. And so I thought, this is not for me, having moved from the 33 degrees of Nigeria to the minus three degrees of Aberdeen uh, wouldn't be compatible with my life. So uh, that's why I didn't go to Aberdeen. Uh, and also at the time, actually, Dundee was the top university in Scotland, as, as we in Dundee are programmed to say at all times, finest university in Scotland when I was there. But I, I think that might have changed now. Yes. So, so that's, that's sort of my story. Actually, interestingly, I did eventually start a surgical training program. And for a long time, I was going to be a breast surgeon because I thought the lifestyle was for me. I also had an interest in, in breast cancer research, but eventually I found another subspecialty called colorectal surgery, which I fell in love with and haven't looked back since. Oh, that's absolutely amazing. And I guess that's the beauty of medicine, the ability to be able to find your passion um, and change your career path even later on down the line. And I guess yeah. it's really important to be passionate about something. And for the past months I've known you, I know you're absolutely passionate about colorectal surgery and you really are a treasure to the specialty. So oh, I'm sure you. the surgical world is happy to have you. Thank you so. very much. Uh, speaking of flexibility, actually, Rowan Parks, who we both worked for as part of this fellowship, is very keen through his other work in uh, NHS Education of Scotland to promote flexibility through training. And I think, you know, I have been fortunate enough to be at a crossroads in my training where I could swap from one specialty to the other, but I know there's work afoot to try to make that ability to change uh, well, easier and, and improve flexibility because we all know you know people change their minds and you've got to afford people the opportunity to try something else okay so um now my turn to get you with some quick fire questions of my own we know how much you like doing this bit dreading this bit so <laughs> let's 
start with something easy. So Noah's Ark, that's always <laughs> a thing. <laughs> and I'm going to give you the opportunity to yep. save one person. Yep. So there's only one slot left on the Ark and you've been given the choice. And I know usually the convention is to try and save one person out of two, but because you are the originator of this torture, I feel the need to get my own back okay. and give you a choice of four people to save. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, four people in the entire world. In the entire world, there's four people, a choice of four. You only have one slot. And you can either save yourself, mm-hmm. you can save Rowan, you can save Mike, <laughs> or you can save Raj. <laughs> Those are your choices. Um, okay, so a bit of background to listeners who might not have caught this episode. So Mike and Rowan were on the show, and I think we gave Rowan a choice of two of his mentors. Then we gave Raj a choice of Mike or Rowan, and uh, he picked Mike, I think. Now you give me the choice of all three of them or myself. Mm-hmm. Well, that is not quite as difficult as you thought. Fairly easy. I will pick myself. I'll go on. The, <laughs> I'll go on Noah's Ark. I'll let the three of them fend for the se- for themselves. Because and there's methods to my madness. One, all three of them are at the pinnacle of their careers. They have all achieved so much and given so much to surgery and to the wider surgical community. Whereas little old me is just about starting and the world hasn't quite seen what I've got to offer. So if I was to let go of myself now, the world would never know what Greg could have achieved. Uh, however, you know, if I was saved by Noah, uh, then maybe I can go on to do something useful. Second of all, <laughs> I I guess I also have the opportunity to select a new three favorite president, vice president and vice president of the college who come after them. So with all due respect, Mike, Rowan and Raj, I will save myself and I'll let you three go. Wow. Um, <laughs> I really hope that they hear that. And well, I am in meetings with both Mike oh, and Rowan this dear. week, so I think it'll be interesting to get some feedback. Oh, thought I'd make you struggle. Okay, let's rattle through these. Um, So some of the listeners know you're a big sports fan. If there was a choice between a sport to get rid of between rugby or American football, you hold the keys. Which do you ditch? Well, that's (laughs) that's pretty tough. Um, So a lot of people that know me know that um, one of my biggest passions in life is uh, American football. However, a lot of my current work has been centered around restarting rugby and I've formed close bonds with uh, Scottish rugby. <laughs> so oh, that's that's a tough one. American football or rugby? I'm going to have to save American football and let go of rugby. Sorry, guys. I know I'm in Scotland. I know Scotland's pretty big on, on rugby, but my first love is American football and I just cannot let go of that. So sorry. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Go um... Patriots. <laughs> trying to save that as at the last minute um if you were not doing colorectal if there was anything else in the world you would do what would that be uh good good question growing up i wanted to be uh a lawyer for a long time up until uh, a dear friend of mine's mother developed breast cancer and then i as a 10 year old boy said i was going to find the cure to cancer hence my journey through medicine so i guess prior to that uh, law was always for me 
but I guess now, you know, if colorectal or breast surgery weren't an option, I don't think I would do any other surgical specialty. I, I think I would go either be a podcast host somewhere or a radio show host <laughs> or, um, yeah, I think I would do something in entertainment because I enjoy making other people smile and and find happiness. And I think entertainment might be for me, although a lot of my friends will say you're not that funny and nor that personable. So maybe you should pick something else. But that's what I would try to do. Well, I think you've done a great job with the podcast. So um, I- I'd listen. Well, oh, thank you. W- would I? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would. Um, and last thing, um, what would you say is the thing that you're most proud of, your biggest achievement? I think my the, the there's a few things that I'm that I'm uh, proud of. I think um, you know, coming from where I come from, um, getting to where I've got to, and I know there's still more to do. The one thing that I would say recently that I'm, I'm proud of which i'm sure we'll come to is the very small part in the entire covid resilience and response that i was fortunate enough to play a part in uh, with very little experience which is mainly around increasing the critical care capacity through scotland as a colorectal surgeon knowing nothing about ventilators and having to you know develop a framework and also uh, get you know 14 different health boards across uh, the country to work together to increase capacity. I think it's something that together with all the the many men and women I worked with through the civil service and the national procurement of uh, NHS Scotland, incredibly proud of what we achieved. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, Well, kind of following along that track, um, what's what's it like being a clinical fellow? Why don't you let us know a bit about your journey to the fellowship yeah. and w- what it was like in the college. Cause I'm having an absolutely fantastic time and I'm only what, four months into it. You yeah. must have so many stories you can tell. I think um, the biggest thing for me prior to going into the fellowship was thinking to myself, uh, where do you see yourself in five, 10 years? And, you know, I had this conversation with myself a couple of years ago as, as an SD5 thinking to myself post SD5, uh, where, where do you see yourself? Do you want to do research? And obviously, I haven't talked about wanting to find the cure to breast cancer and doing research that way. I sort of, over time, had walked away from lab-based research, and I knew yeah. I could do it, but I wouldn't necessarily enjoy it uh, as much as other things. Through my SD six year, I had the opportunity to be a chief registrar for my local health board, and that gave me some insight into the healthcare systems and management and the ability to affect change. I then sort of made a decision that um, one of my biggest priorities moving forward would be to have the ability to shape the environment within which I work and within which my colleagues work to ensure that we had environments that were conducive to being productive, um, but also putting patient care at the center of everything that we do. And so I decided that I would apply to the Scottish Clinical Leadership Fellowship Program, which is a 12-month program. And part of that working, I was afforded the opportunity to work at RCS Ed, of which I was affiliated and you know have huge, huge admiration for everybody that works within the college because you know we outside of the college, when you're not uh, part of the college, you don't see 
the machinery that's behind it. And, you know, when I walked into the college, uh, the history within the college was just profound. The people were were brilliant and were very generous with their time. And I sort of came into the college, had a conversation with Rowan Parks, who's the vice president of the college and was my mentor through through the year and we sort of sat down and he said look this is your opportunity to learn about the college learn about leadership through the eyes of of the college and also contribute where you can and so we collectively decided that there were three areas that i was going to focus on uh, we all knew that education is is a big part of what the college does and stands for as well as exams but also patient safety and those were the three areas I was going to primarily focus on I was also going to contribute where I could to the trainees committee which again is the voice for trainees within the college and also where possible try to foster better working relationship with sister colleges particularly the college down the road in Glasgow that's that's how I uh, decided that I would go down the fellowship route and I think for anybody listening to this podcast who is still in training or a medical student or, you know, thinking about doing medicine, if you think to yourself, uh, particularly, you know, in, in Edinburgh, we know that research is an out-of-program experience, but remember that that is just one option. Uh, there's There's many other opportunities from education, teaching fellowships, but also the leadership fellowship means that you learn skills and yeah, skill sets that you wouldn't learn anywhere else. And, and the opportunities afforded throughout the year, I do not think that in another lifetime, I would have had the opportunity to do half the things that I that I got a chance to do. So yeah, so that's how I got into it. And you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk you through some of the actual uh, work that we managed to achieve through uh, through the course of the year. Yeah, I think that'd be great. And um, I can't um, stress enough the importance of the statement you made about um, trainees getting involved in things outside the normal training pathway. Uh, A lot of people think that, uh, well, especially in, in surgery, that the only other way out is research, but there's so many opportunities and it's important that um, the consultants of tomorrow are those that have a very mixed and diverse skill set to be able to take the NHS to where it needs to be. So that's yeah. it's really important what you said. But yeah, why don't you tell us about um, some of the specific work that you did? I mean, this podcast is, is one, so exciting, but what else did you do? Uh, so I guess we could start with the podcast. You know, I, I am a big fan of podcasts generally, uh, and you can see my face light up when we start talking about podcasts. Um, <laughs> but I walked into the college and, you know, although we had these three areas that uh, I was going to focus on a part of my fellowship, the one passion I had was to bring the college with me to the 21st century or, or, or move with the times. The college has been great as part of the education strategy, which was one of the things that I uh, was a part of with Rowan Parks and um, uh, Mr. Silva Sikar, who's a consultant surgeon down in Manchester, but was also the education convener for, for the college. And there's, there's a huge amount of work that goes in the background. You know, Duncan MacArthur, who heads the team, Yvonne Hurst and you know Lorraine, there's, there's a whole load of them uh, that make the education uh, strategy move forward. And part of that, one of the biggest things that the college stands for at the moment is webinars. And, you know, 
pre-COVID and especially during COVID and, and moving forward, the college has put up so many webinars, both educational or just informative. And now we have a Friday, we've got every Monday, we've got a, we've got a webinar and it's just a diverse topic or, or yeah, topics that are covered through the webinars. And I thought, you know, the webinars have been great and, and we've set the pace amongst other colleges for that. But another opportunity for us to lead the way would be podcasts because we know there's an increasing fellowship, uh, followership, sorry, uh, of podcasts. And this is another way we can get our messages out there, but also communicate and, and interact with our members, our fellows and future members, fellows and, and just the wider public. So I kept banging on about having a podcast. I even uh, got the college to agree to uh, a soundproof recording studio, which COVID has put Spanner in those works. But post-COVID, I'm sure we'll, we'll get there. And so, yeah, the, the podcast was born and I'm delighted to have you as part of, of this podcast, hosting it uh, with me and also helping with a lot of, you know, the the preparatory work, but also the editing, etc. This The second bit that, that I had a chance to work on was patient safety. So the college does, again, a vast amount of work around patient safety work and Everything the college does really is intrinsic in that is, is ensuring patient safety is the center of everything we do. And Anna Paisley and Alistair Garrity, who I'm sure we'll have on the show in, in coming episodes, will talk better than I can ever on some of the patient safety work that we did in collating all of RCSED's patient safety portfolio and, and putting it into one document and into one space on the website, which would be available to you know all both members, fellows, and the wider public. So, I mean, those are some of the things that I got a chance to do. And, and then COVID happened. And I, I, I remember the, the last uh, council meeting in about February time that I went to present my work to council. And uh, I remember my, must have been slide number 10 or something, was a picture of the COVID, the, the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And I sort of said to them, you know, the last six months has been about X, Y, Z, but I bet you the next six months to 18 months will be about this little virus. And and so it was through February and March, I was pulled mainly to Scottish government to do a lot more work there because the college had closed down and, you know, more of the, the resilience response through Scottish government I felt I could contribute more to it. And Rowan Parks was was great at saying to me, look, wherever you think you'd be uh, most useful, please, please go do that. And so, yeah, uh, within Scottish government, uh, working with the lights, likes of Professor Leach, um, but also, you know, working with civil servants, ministers and uh, fellow scouts to help with some of the resilience planning, some of the critical care expansion that we talked about was my primary uh, focus, but also had a chance to work uh, with our palliative care colleagues at ensuring that because at some point we knew that the mortality rate from COVID was was fairly high particularly in, yeah. in the older population and what we wanted to achieve was to ensure that the end of life provisions were there and we weren't just so highly heavily focused on uh, testing and, and ICU and, and things like that so set up a framework around palliative care provisions in Scotland which uh, was well received and hopefully has made some difference and then as COVID uh, settled down a bit I went to another passion of mine which was sports and <laughs> through the lockdown we you know sports was obviously curtailed rightly so yeah. Um, and so part of my job with Professor Leach and, and others was how we resume sports safely in Scotland. And so that's still part of what I'm doing at the moment uh, when I'm not being a colorectal registrar um, in my spare time. 
Wow, that's a huge amount of work and um, it sounds quite exciting. It makes me feel even more so like an underachiever, but I'm sure I will get there. Of course you will. Um, Of course you will. Now, quick question. In your government job, you've name dropped a few names there, but who is the most wow, impressive person that you've met? I'm sure you must have met some very important politicians in your job. Politicians are great, and the, given this is an apolitical show, I'm not going to name drop any politicians. <laughs> um, but the the most inspiring people I think I have met uh, in within the government has no doubt been the civil servants. They are the faceless, nameless machinery that ensure that our government continues to run, but also continues to run uninterrupted, even through the COVID pandemic. And I have said to them on many occasions that, you know, every Thursday when we clapped for heroes and our frontline staff, in my head, I clapped for the civil service because I, you know, I, I know sometimes governments get a, get a hard time, but civil servants continue to do their best irrespective of whichever political party uh, is at the helm. So for me, yeah, most inspiration has come from civil servants. Oh, that's lovely. And people, I don't think, realize how much work goes on behind the scenes. And it's very easy to be critical of the government when you don't see all the work that's going into it. So that's, yeah. that's really, really good. Okay. Um, do you have any top tips or any final words of wisdom that you want to impart to any young, hopeful colorectal surgeon or anyone really? You know, as I said at the start, uh, I'm neither perfect nor uh, the wisest. But some things that I can I can offer is find your passion, and if that's research, then that's great. If it's not, then try something else. And you know, uh, leadership, management, and and being in a position to empower others to be the best version of themselves. It's something that's selfishly rewarding, um, but certainly helps to ensure that we all do our best for the greater good, which is ultimately effective, efficient, and safe patient care. And so that's the one thing that drives me. You know, we can all do a PhD or an MD and get the points to go with it, but think to yourself, where do I see myself in five years? Where do I see myself in 10 years? And if you don't see yourself necessarily doing lab-based research, then he'll try something else. And, you know, I went into this a little bit skeptical uh, because not a lot of surgeons have done this before, but also thinking to myself, how would this help me in terms of competing with others for a consultant job? But I wouldn't change it for the world because I think, uh, you know, a lot of what I've learned in the last year and continue to learn day to day, I think will stand me in good stead wherever I end up as a consultant. I hope I'll be able to bring some of this learning to affect change locally and hopefully uh, if given the opportunity to do so at a bigger scale my final message is is to three lots of people Uh, the first being the scalf organizers or the scottish clinical leadership fellowship organizers which is currently under the auspices of nes or nhs education scotland and really it's just to say thank you and well done for the work you do because the program is great and continues to grow Uh, The second is to my Scottish government colleagues who continue to let this colorectal registrar run around the the corridors of Scottish government helping where he can and, and, you know, 
just given me that platform to to help make a difference. And finally, to the college, to Mike Griffin, to Rowan Parks, to Paula Rajesh and members of council, but also to the support staff in the college from the IT guys who brought me my computer on day one and even brought me a keyboard, which wasn't part of the deal, um, to you know the, the PAs and, and the secretaries who were always there to ensure that every sticky note that I wanted uh, was around and just the little things that keeps the college going. To say thank you, it's, it was a fantastic year working with you guys. It's a shame we didn't get to do everything we wanted to do thanks, well, because of COVID, but I'm hopeful uh, that our continued engagement both through the podcast and other avenues we will achieve some of those things that we set out to do 13 14 months ago now okay very elegantly put and what an awesome end to what has been a very fun and very informative podcast I think it was nice to just sit and have a chat and get to know you yeah it was nice for you but I I don't enjoy being the guest so I'm (laughs) I'm really looking forward to going back to quizzing others as opposed to being the focus of the episode but thank you Ceci for (laughs) for having me on your show and I look forward to repaying the favor in the not too distant future well I look forward to that um so we've got tons of exciting things coming up um in the next few weeks we've got some patient safety stuff coming up um the performance podcast as we alluded to a few I am looking back. forward to that yeah. having Steve and Ken on the show they are a dynamic duo they I'm, are I'm pretty sure it will be an exciting podcast episode I think so and and um hopefully we'll be able to keep up this momentum we've done so well the past few weeks and I'm looking forward to many many more weeks of just getting to meet many amazing people like yourself so why don't you do the honors and close the podcast I know you're the guest but I think it's your favorite part <laughs> it's always a pleasure guys um, thank you very much any comments or questions remember you can email us at comms uh, that's c-o-m-m-s for sugar at rcsed ac.uk in the coming episodes we will be able to respond to some of those comments and questions in a specific segment called message from the audience and so in future weeks we'll try to incorporate that into the episode we've also got some left field episodes coming up um, but I'll, I'll keep that on the wraps until next time so until next time as we always say be kind to each other and we will see you next week okay bye guys bye